Hello. Um, we're going to get started in about five minutes, but before we do, I just wanted to do some announcements for this week. There are a lot week, we're going to call it a week of action here in McGangin. There's so much on. So um, starting with tomorrow, uh, 4th of March, 2pm, the st Students for Palestine have an organising meeting at UQ in, uh, in Goddard Building 3. On Wednesday, JFP, uh, we're having our public meeting. So if you're looking for how you can do more, how you can be more organised, uh, how can you can help out with organising, we have our public meeting where we're going to organise the next sort of month of events. So coming the 6th of March, 6pm, QCU building at Peel Street. On the 7th of March at 7.30am, we have Disrupt, Par uh, Disrupt the Parliament sitting outside Parliament in George Street, um, down here, Helfera. So that's 7.30am outside Parliament. Also on Thursday at 5.30pm, Unions for Palestine. If you are in your union, if you want to do more for Palestine through your union, come along to Unions for Palestine meeting in the ETU building on Peel Street. Um, Friday the 8th of March, there's going to be a rally outside the ABC building for Antoinette Latouf, uh, held by the MEAA. Uh, Antoinette was recently by the ABC, so uh, unfairly sacked by the ABC, so standing outside the ABC building uh, at 9.30am on Friday. On Saturday at 10am, we are holding a Raise the Flag for uh, rally uh, with Jonathan Sriranganathan. He's the candidates, uh, candidate for the Greens for mayor. Um, the reason we want to raise the flag for Palestine, our current mayor, Adrian Schrinner, has refused to light solidarity with Palestine. You may or may not know that Adrian, Adrian chose to light the bridge in the colours of the genocide, but is refusing to light the bridge in the colours in solidarity for Palestine. So please join us at 10 a.m. Um, bring your flags, bring your Palestinian colours. We are going to light up the bridge ourselves using the power of the movement that we have built here. So come along next Saturday. There is also uh, the Palestinian Film Festival next weekend. I strongly urge you to look that up, go along to one of the screenings. There is a lot of films to check out. And uh, on the 9th, after the film festival, the 9th, there is a podcast launch, the JFP podcast launch at 5.30pm. It's called Collective Conspiracy. It's going to be at Wreckers Art Space in Woolloongabba. And also on the 9th, we have an interfaith vigil at 5 p.m. in King George Square. Full vigil here um, next Saturday. So some final things from me before we get started. Um, JFP, we, we organise these events every week. We have some new T-shirts over at our stall over here if you want to check out new T-shirts. If you want to donate to JFP so we can keep running and funding more events, heading over to the stall as well. And I strongly urge you to follow us on social media. We are finding it harder and harder to get our message out. So please um, sign up to our mailing list, sign media. The easiest way I would say is to sign up to the mailing list, get an email from us, and it has the links to all of our social medias that you can follow us on. So please get involved this week. Look out for the week of action. Thank you so much for coming out. We will be getting started soon.
Palestine will be free. Hi everyone, my name is Ruba. I'm a Palestinian Australian and I'm your MC for today's rally. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today and Turable people. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that today is a rally for women. And so I would also like to uh, pay my respects to all of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and First Nations aunties, grandmothers here today and all over Australia who hold their youth and work tirelessly to heal from the intergenerational trauma caused by Australian colonialism. And I invite all of the Palestinian, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women here with us today to come up and stand with me in solidarity. Today is about you and your strength resilience in our fight against colonialism, apartheid and genocide. Come on, Palestinian women, come stand with me. Come stand with me. Hold the ceasefire, Amal. Come stand with me. Come stand. <laughs> Arab time, it's a thing. <laughs> Today is day 148 of the genocide. 148 days of Palestinian women grieving for their children, for their husbands, for them, their land. Today's theme, today's theme is the women of Palestine. The theme is in light of the upcoming International Women's Day on March 8th. As such, this International Women's Day, we call on all the feminists of the world to solidarity with the women of Palestine and call for an end to the genocide. Cease fire now! Cease fire now! Cease fire now! What do we want? When do we want it? Now! What do we want? When do we want it? Now! I'd like to introduce Jackie as our first speaker. She's going to speak to us today about Farah and the Queensland government's involvement in the weapons industry and Israel. Hello everyone, my name's Jackie and I'm here to speak briefly on the Queensland Government's involvement in weapons exports and also Farah Engineering in Tingalpa who export weapons to parts for the F-35 uh, and parts for Boeing's JDAM, uh, Joint Direct Attack Munitions as well. I also want to start by acknowledging that we're meeting on the unceded lands of the Uggera people to whom I pay my respects and I also want to all Indigenous peoples on this continent who have resisted against the violent colonial occupation of their lands here for centuries. Here locally, there are a number of companies who contribute to the F-35 global supply chain, including Heatra in Cooper's Plains, TAE Aerospace in Bundamba, L3 Harris in Eight Mile Plains, and of course, Farah in Tingalpa. All of these companies have active working relationships with our state government. It makes more than 100 parts for the F-35 and are the sole supplier for the weapons adapters that hold and release bombs from the plane. Every F-35 in operation has a weapons adapter that was manufactured right here by Ferrer. 
Of all the products of factory, over 70% are exported overseas, meaning less than 30% actually remain in Australia. This includes Boeing, uh, the Boeing JDAM systems, uh, for which Farah is allegedly the global source. These systems turn Israeli dumb bombs into guided missiles and have been used by Israel to commit targeted executions of civilians, including journalists, artists and revolutionaries in their homes. Farah is deeply ingrained in Boeing's Westrail and both companies receive extensive endorsements from our current state Labor government. Israel has 50 F-35s at the moment and have just secured funding from the US for another 25. Yeah. These new Jaquire weapons adapters manufactured right here in Tingalpa and then quietly shipped out of Brisbane and assembled in the US where they're then sent on to Israel. The global supply chain for the F-35 is currently under pressure. Now is the time to turn up the heat on companies like Ferrer to make sure that they cannot continue with their business as usual. The Netherlands is no longer exporting parts for the F-35 to Israel and workers in India are striking and refusing to load weapons on Israel. In Australia, protesters down in Melbourne have blocked HTA twice in recent weeks, which has actively prevented the, outs the exportation of weapons that require heat treatments for the F-35 and has significantly delayed their exportation. With, in relation to the federal government, the Department of Defense no longer denies that uh, weapons Israeli 35s are manufactured and exported from here. Now, however, they say they can't confirm that F-35s are being used in Palestine and that a pencil could also be used as a weapon. It is undeniable that these products manufacturing related companies are weapons parts and they have no ulterior purpose. It's undeniable that Israel is using F-35s to wage their war in, in the Middle East and it's undeniable that they have the ultimate goal of bringing about the destruction of the Palestinians using these weapons. The US officials have confirmed recently that they're in receipt of data that F-35s are being used in Gaza. They are being tested on the Palestinian people. And the Queensland government's not blameless in this. Trades and Investments Queensland, or TIQ, is a branch of the Treasury overseen by uh, the Treasurer and Minister for Trades and Investments, Cameron Dick. TIQ reports a long-standing relationship with Ferrer back to 2010, uh, and Ferrer's success last year of initiatives under the Newman government, which have now been entirely overshadowed by the support they receive by our current state Labor government. Cameron Dick last year claimed you'd be hard-pressed to find our government's commitment to defence industry jobs than Ferrer. They even hold a special role in the Queensland Government's reference group for manufacturing and engineering, ensuring the global defence industry remains a top priority for this government into the future. The uh, Manufacturing and Development Department that oversees this reference group recently awarded a grant to Ferrer to increase their manufacturing capacity right here in Brisbane. Government support comes in the form of various grants, investments and international ad. However, they do not publicly disclose what any of this actually means. 
Under the Advanced, uh, Advanced Queensland Initiative, the government uh, in the last few years awarded $1 million to Boeing to develop armed drone surveillance here in Queensland. The Loyal Wingman, or Ghost Bat, are weapons-capable drones intended to support the F-35 on long-haul missions. This government considers investment in the global defence industry of the utmost importance to our economy and is increasing defence here in Queensland to boost international exportation and receive a hefty return on their investments. Once these various weapons parts leave our shores, our governments wipe their hands clean and pat themselves on the back. They don't care how these weapons parts or what sort of terror states like Israel inflict on, pe on the Palestinian people with their support. The Queensland government are active beneficiaries of the US-led military-industrial complex and the war on Palestine. This week, the government's Women Week kicks off with the focus, a call to action to ensure women and girls are counted, acknowledging the fundamental right of every woman and girl to equally participate in all areas of our society. The hypocrisy of this statement when women in Palestine, Yemen, Syria and elsewhere in the Middle East continue to be bombed by Israel with weapons this government has aided in supplying is shameful. Every woman and girl has a right to participate in all areas of society, yet our governments are complicit in stripping every woman and girl in Palestine. It's time for the Queensland government to own up to its complicity and stop arming Israel end all involvement with weapons manufacturers and get out of the military-industrial complex. This Thursday morning, 7th of March, 7.30am, we'll be taking our concerns directly to Parliament House and making sure the government hears us when we say there can be no more business as usual. People are angry and we're demanding government stops arming Israel, stops war profiteering and ends all investments with collaborators like Ethera Engineering. If you can make it, we really hope to see you on Thursday morning and there will be more information about the event up on the Shutdown Ferrer Facebook page in the coming days. Thank you. War by war, Israeli apartheid hull. Brick by brick, war by war, Israeli apartheid has to fall. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Gaza. Free, free Gaza. Thank you, Jackie. That was such information, and I'm so glad to hear that uh, we have been working tirelessly to stop the weapons being sent off to Israel. Because we all witnessed the horrific massacre this week of Palestinians waiting for bread and flour, in term the flour massacre. And that brings me to the poet Ghassan Kanafani, who said, they steal your bread and then they give you a crumb of it. They then demand you thank them for their generosity. Oh, their impudence. Shame. 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 Shame on them for taking away and starving our children. Shame! Shame! I'd like to introduce Hanin, a spoken word poet and content creator. Apparently, we all need our tissues in hand. He's just one of the most inspiring, well-spoken Palestinian up-and-coming youngsters that I know. I'll try. 
that's all good. Thank you so much. Okay. I'd like to start off by paying my respects to the rightful owners of this land, the Aboriginal people, past, present, and emerging. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. In between the time I began thinking about my speech to now, so much has changed. My speech will be a roller coaster, but I'm grateful that you stand with me through it. Weeks ago, after the last protest, I began writing something I like to think of as a love story to my fellow Palestinians. When I was a kid, I asked my parents why other kids in school get to talk in class without raising their hands. Why do I raise my hand, I asked. My parents said, because you're Palestinian, because you're Middle Eastern, because you have browner skin. A child speaking without permission is just them being a kid. You speaking without permission is you being mannerless. So this message goes out to Indians. This is the time to speak without permission. This is the time to speak regardless of if your hand is chosen. We don't wait to be called on anymore. Our voice has been crafted years in the making. Now is the time we heard. Now is the time we become unapologetic to raise our voice. Now Thanks. Girl. Now is the time to speak with your words, your body language, your tears, the crack in your voice, the trends, the anger in your veins, the blankness in your stare. Calmness is for lakes and you, my friend, are the clouds. Be unpredictable in your thunder. Rain on us if it all gets too heavy and make our world gray. For a world where children get shell that does not deserve our son, speak and I will listen. And to the friends here that didn't get their lec that lecture from their parents, God am I happy inside us. I am glad it is you. If ever there was a time I needed a voice, then I am glad it is yours. You use your privilege to provide my people with life and you don't know how much character that takes. will always remember the hand that held a free Palestine banner with me and I will happily tell stories about how it was not the same color as mine. I also want to use this moment to share my utmost respect for the parents and grandparents that raise their children for change. I see kids in prams and toddlers waving flags and sometimes I don't know whether to smile or cry. I can't relate to the intricacies of raising a child at all, but I imagine that raising an empathetic leader takes a lot more strength, and for that, round of applause. You look your children in the eye and imagine a life if they were in Palestine, and you still work up the courage to talk to them. You are the village that it takes. When I was a kid, I was always reluctant to say I was Palestinian. I said it anyway, but I hated the way it was responded to with a pity squid defiance. Like my blood was theirs to decide and they didn't like what I chose. My love speak. They try to erase the word Palestine, so say it. They try to embarrass you for your food, so eat it. They try to shame you for your language, sing it. Talk poets talk about the moon. My love, it is your land. You are allowed to hold on to it.
Palestine was the first form of injustice I ever, this isn't the case for all of you. For some, you have learned later in life, and I am immensely proud of you. To unlearn and learn again is a feat that so few take, a summit that so few climb, but you have. Or at least you are here trying. So to everyone, accept this as a love letter to you. I hope one day you sit beside me on a plane and we fly to a land that you fought for as well. After writing that, something else changed. In the fourth month of attacks, Gaza is at its worst. I saw a child harmed by bombs, blown to a wall and left to hang, becoming a photo of the ways that we have let her down. I think about how proud I am to say I am Palestinian and how hard it is to be Palestinian. I think about how proud we are to say we support Palestine and how horrifically hard it is to scream into empty voids in support of Palestine. There are days I feel strong and there are days I feel hopeless, but in a lifetime there is room to feel both. Every life gone is a reason to fight for another life, so we will show up here every time. My voice next to yours. Remember that strength comes through tear ducts and wind carries sound, so we will still show up here every time. Now this protest is in solidarity with the women of Gaza. The women who have withstood pregnancy in the midst of fire. The women seven layers of skin being cut without the help of anesthetics. The women who have tried to feed their babies with dates because their bodies cannot produce enough milk in the waves of bombing. The women suffering toxic shock syndrome as a result of no period product. Who have been victims of assault that have been touched by men who decided their bodies were part of war. While language is a beautiful thing, it is also a criminal. Humans have a long history of making women the punchline of insults, and this shows in the IDF. It is language that is our mind's controller. Its effects have a chokehold on our subconscious, and humans will continue to act in the ways we speak and joke. And war will continue to harm women because of the ways we speak. So to everyone here, while I am sure you are leaders with your actions, be leaders with your tongue. Help change the language and help change the narrative that has contributed to women being the rope in tug of war. War has used women as weapons to break a commitment and history is repeating itself. To the men here, change the narrative that caring about our women's struggles and speaking about our women's assault is taboo. For if supporting your lifeline is frowned upon, then have the courage to be frowned upon. Leaving the victim to also be the advocator is a massive weight you tell one to bear, so bear it with us. In, si <laughs> Eight, we must fight for our men to be included in our sympathy. The media ignores their pain, their sacrifice, and their harm. Their bodies are not to be used as power moves for the colonizer. Women are not to be used as power moves against them and their dear tears. And I will never leave out the teachers, the bakers, the mothers, the military negotiators, the journalists, the writers, the doctors, the students, the jewelers, the fashion designers. Resistance exists in so many people and in so many ways.
Sorry, I actually think I skipped the page. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, someone shuffled it. <laughs> that was Zuroba's joke. I take no credit for that one. This is an injustice on all human beings, and we must amplify the cause for each other. We must amplify all issues because it affects us all. Palestinian men have been teachers and protectors of the most resilient people in the world. Palestinian women have been universities, raising and protecting the most resilient people in the world. Resistance comes in all forms. In people that look just like me and you. Revolutionaries aren't magic people, they are people with empathy and drive. As today's theme goes, I want to celebrate the women of resistance as well. Leila Khalid was a daring activist. She was the first to hijack a plane, forced the pilot to fly over Haifa just so that she could see her birthplace. No one was injured the whole time. A photo of her became a global icon, and she did six plastic surgeries just so that she could hijack another plane in resistance. Shireen Abu Akli was a journalist, dedicating 25 years to a job she knew would kill her. Her death showed the world that Israel does not kill by mistake, but her existence was so powerful it became a threat. Ahid Tamimi was a young girl when her resistance began. She became an icon for the next generation with a famous photo of her confronting an IDF member. She shows that age doesn't matter when life is at stake. These are just three examples that show that femininity and resistance are not mutually exclusive. To be a woman and to be fighting is to be holding up the other side of the sky. And I will never leave out the teachers, the bakers, the mothers, the military negotiators, the journalists, the writers, the doctors, the kids, the students, the jewelers, the fashion designers. Resistance exists in so many people and in so many ways. Our world has been changed because of them. We must change the world for them. And God, am I proud to be in your presence while we do that cue. Thank you, Hanin. Can we just give her one more round of applause? And uh, I'm speaking directly to you, Hanin. Thank you for your raw, authentic, and amazing. I always feel so energized when I hear you, and I'm so grateful that you're a Palestinian with me. Um, also, I'd like to bring to your attention a current campaign. There is a, Hanin mentioned Leila Khaled. There is a currently a campaign, Leila Khaled, into Australia to speak here in June this year. So please support the campaign. When Palestine is occupied, resistance is justified. When Palestine is occupied, resistance is justified. And what a horrific week it's been in terms of the MSM. And today, I would like to pay tribute to Aaron Bushnell, who self-immolated in support of Palestine. Shame on politicians and the American government for letting his act of sacrifice be ignored by not calling for an immediate and permanent... Shame. 
But we the people will not ignore his sacrifice. We will remember him for the martyr that he is. And I ask you all to take a minute's silence in remembrance of Aaron Bushnell. In memory of Aaron. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Our third speaker today is Khawla, a mother of four and a Palestinian woman from Yaffa. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Khawla Jaber. I'm a Palestinian origin, born in Kuwait and lived in Jordan. Ladies and gentlemen, as I do today, I'm reminded of the deep-rooted strength and resilience that flows through the veins of every Palestinian. Generation after generation. Allow me to tell you a Palestinian family's journey, the narrative that demonstrates the essence of the Palestinian spirit. Let me take you back to the 1940s in Java, where I came from, where my grandfather, he was a visionary, skilled businessman. The definition of the Palestinian ethos of perseverance and intellectual curiosity built a thriving coffee brand that served not just as a source of beans, but as a beacon of culture. Welcoming poets from every corner of to exchange ideas and inspirations. Yet, his life was tragically cut short on the age of 35 years old. A victim of senseless violence witnessed by my father's very eyes. Despite this unimaginable loss, my father, undeterred by adversity, carried forth of the torch of ambition and determination. He nurtured within me the seeds of aspiration providing every opportunity for me to chase my dreams and forge a path toward a safer future for generations to come. And here I am, here I stand, a testament to the spirit of Palestinian women A testament of the spirit of Palestinian women where, as a world-renowned nurse leader, I have not only injured to the physical wound of the afflicted, but also I installed within my children the values of and resilience. Look upon my children. 
and witness the embodiment of Palestinian spirit and perseverance. They will be the pioneer of their industries. Each of them is a testament to the unwavering determination that courses through the Palestinian veins. In the face of adversity, we do not back down. We do not yield. We rise time and time again. Fueled by the legacy of our ancestors, guided by the steadfast resolve of our future, and by the unwavering strength of Palestinian women. This, my friends, is the Palestinian spirit that transcends borders, defies oppression, and embodies the resilience of people who refuse silence. Thank you. Thank you, Khawla, for your beautiful words about Palestine and your family's struggle and ongoing Nakba. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! From the river! Palestine will be free! From the river to the sea! Palestine will be free! Just a little notice before we go on to our next speaker. The Greens candidate for Lord Mayor, Jonathan Srirangan Nathan, is joining with Justice for Palestine to raise the flag over Victoria Bridge on Saturday coming at 10am and we will be meeting at Radcliffe Place. We will need 300 flags, 300 Palestinian flags. Come along, bring your flag, see you there. Our next speaker today is Senator Larissa Waters, Queensland Senator for the Greens and the Women's Spokesperson. Thanks so much, Ruba. Thank you, Justice for Palestine, and I'd like to add my acknowledgement of the First Nations owners of this land here in Magajan, which is and was and will always be Aboriginal land, and the Turrbal, Yagara and Yagara deserve to have their sovereignty respected. It was never ceded, and I hope that in this country we will have truth, treaty and a voice at some point. I'm so incredibly proud and humbled to stand here just awe-dropping lineup of strong women speakers and I stand in awe of the courage and the strength of Palestinian women everywhere. 30,000 dead, more than 70,000 in and the suffering and the starvation is almost unbearable and yet you rise. I salute your strength. 
We Greens in the Federal Parliament have been raising this issue every single sitting day since October. And initially we were dismissed and we were laughed at, and now we're the ones being called divisive when our government refuses to call for an immediate and permanent ceasefire. When our government continues to export weapons components to the State of Israel and then has the temerity to say that we're lying about that. When our government refuses to condemn the jets occurring and won't stand with the bravery of South Africa and won't stand with the EU who overnight finally restored funding to UNRWA, the aid agency. Our government has suspended funding to UNRWA when instead it's it and increasing it. Yay! We've seen in the last few days the absolutely horrific attacks on food vans and our foreign minister, maybe this is her line, maybe she's finally found a line, minister has condemned that action, rightly so, but I'm not bowled over by the strength of response because Senator Wong has said she's going to get her department to have a little word to the Israeli ambassador. That's all she's going to do. Desperate parents trying to get food for their children slaughtered. I'm not really sure what it's going to take to make our government listen, but I think days like today are part of what's going to finally have their ears and out of their ears and realise that this is a question of justice and this is a question of human rights and that no government should ever be complicit in the genocide of another nation. So we will keep the pressure up, as I know you will. Thank you so much to Justice for Palestine for continuing to bring us together and to show our government that we have a heart and we demand justice and we will not be silenced and we will not be stopped and the voices of women everywhere will raise in strength and solidarity. And say free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you, Larissa, a strong advocate for women, not just in Australia, but all over the world, the way a true feminist and real feminism is. And thank you to the Greens, the Australian Greens, for supporting Palestine, right? We, the voters, will remember in the upcoming local council and state elections that are this year, we will remember who stood with the Palestinian people against this horrendous genocide. And we will use our vote to let our government remember. Our next speaker today is a powerhouse and an amazing woman, Ruby Wharton. She's a Gamilaroi and... <laughs> the, the excitement, Ruby. <laughs> Ruby is a Gamilaray and Kuma woman and a community organiser and stands in strong solidarity with the women of Palestine. Thank you. First and foremost, I want to pay my respects to the Yuggera and Turrbal people. We gather on unceded lands. We gather in a space that it was special for endurable women. And that goes to show 
that from the Mewa River to the Dead Sea, women here in this place declare our promise and solidarity with you until Palestine is free. I'm a Gomorrah Kumamariyana, this is not my country, so I'm not going to promise your person's country away. But what I can promise is the teachings that my matriarchy gave to me. My family have been involved in First Nations resistance since first contact. I can, what it feels like to be a Palestinian woman in this resistance in this moment. And to bear witness to this, I have no words and I have nothing but promise and nothing but my words. Whilst you are here in Australia, I promise that you will always have a Palestine on Gomorrah and Kuma country. That is the only promise that I can make. As long as there are Palestinian people on sovereign lands here, that Palestine will always exist here. That's, that's the imperative. My grandmother was a displaced person. Her mother stolen as a 14-year-old girl, taken to room from southwest Queensland. She was 14 and pregnant when she did that walk. Birthed three babies that lived. She raised and taught her babies language on missions of Palm Island and Cherbourg. Her one thing that she hoped for her babies was that they were to return home to Kuma country. I'm very proud that my grandmother accomplished her mother's dreams. Yes, with my grandmother's teachings, she taught us all that we have somewhere to go home to no matter how much we are displaced. And the people that she met on her journey and on her way gave her a peace. In a time like this, when we have a government that refuses to stand in solidarity with Palestine and calls the state, the so-called state of Israel, its friends, we must condemn them. Like they expect us to condemn these terrorist acts that are allegedly happening. I'm not surprised by the Penny Wong's leaders that we have in this so-called place when they can't even condemn their demographics for voting no in a poxy referendum that we just saw. This place has no moral backbone. But the one thing that we can learn from things like abolition that Dr. Professor Angela Davis teaches so well and she has stood in solidarity with Palestine very vocally for many decades is people make safer communities. Legislations and governments do not make safer communities. So we must demonstrate how we be human. Is us. 
And we heard earlier from other speakers about the effectiveness of the power of the people in the last fortnight with stopping trade and affecting this movement and stopping our continuing on. That is power and we must take a hold of that and never let go. The moment we give up and die is the moment that we forget the reasons why. These are children we are fighting for. These are children that mothers were so determined to conceive in a state of war and we must protect these Palestinian babies like they are our own. The revolution starts in the womb and I think that's the most powerful thing that Palestinian women have demonstrated since the Nakba. Since the Nakba. We've heard from amazing strong women who have existed across many planes and many countries and still they remain, they don't yell, they rise. So who, the femmes in the, fe in the crowd, what are we to compare ourselves to this level of resistance and this dedication? We must take this moment and this time to promise to not only protect these fought to be conceived, that have purpose on these lands, that we must promise on these unceded sovereign lands, as long as there are Palestinian people breathing, Palestine will continue to rise and will elevate them on our shoulders. That is our duty here. If you cannot give the land back to First Nations people, you must promise that everybody who calls this place home, dispossessed communities can rise. And I hope that the Greens are able to push this through parliaments. I hope that the people continue to grow louder. I hope that there are no more weapons that get dropped. I hope that food is opened up to those Palestinian folk that are dying of starvation. This is a shame on our name, Australia. We must promise that no matter what, Palestinian people have a home here and we will fight with them until they can return home. Yawoo. Do we all just want to take a moment to sit with Ruby's amazing words? Thank you, Ruby. You're an insight in your fight against colonialist Australia and for speaking an unspoken history, a history that is dark, 
because I've been to Warabinda, Palm Island and Cherbourg, and I've seen the strength of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mothers and aunties. They fight for their babies to keep them safe and to end the ongoing stolen generation because we say that the stolen generation ended in 1982, but it didn't. We still steal babies, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander babies from their mothers every day in Australia for sh shame. From the river to the sea always was, always will be Aboriginal land. The speaker today is Hidaya, a young Palestinian woman whose family comes from Palestine and she's a strength that we should all be listening to. Hi everyone, I'm the last speaker so bear with me. Um, I'm not going to stand on that because I'll probably fall. <laughs> Thank you Reza for teaching us about this immoral and greedy world. For teaching us that mainstream media is false and has been brainwashing people for years. For exposing every warmonger and war criminal that sits in government. For exposing the greed and hunger for other people's land losses. For exposing how shallow and self-absorbed people are, especially online. For reminding us how we are all controlled by a few cruel and genocidal leaders. There is no democracy. But thank you, Gaza, for teaching us resilience, for teaching us the principles of humanity, love, brotherhood, and so much more. I acknowledge owners of the land that we stand on today. I showed up to the protest today not because of my Palestinian background, but because of my humanity. And I would expect that everybody in the crowd today has shown up in reason. The ongoing genocide in Palestine has taught us a lot about terms of power, not just in Israel, but in the USA, the UAE, Canada, France, Australia, and the list goes on. What is happening in Palestine is teaching us that an integrated nation is rising against the fundamental value of human rights. It is teaching us that those in power do not for a second consider our liberty, nor our safety, or our right to life itself. We have been dis and in fact punished for condemning the brutal killing of innocent people. We have been threatened to be silent and not to speak out against the massacre that is happening in Gaza as we speak. This week we celebrate International Women's Day. I want to bring your attention to the unnatural crisis that is occurring in Gaza, Yemen, Iraq, Afghanistan and other countries that have been annihilated by these systems of years. In these countries, there are innocent civilians, women like me, children no different to the kids that have showed up to the protest today. 
but are in fear of their life because of the atrocities that Al has partaken in in demolishing their homeland. What for? I asked myself. It was a stark reality when I came to understand that it is simply for economic gain, financial profit, increased control and power. The robbery of natural resources and the robbery of human lives. They say it's a political issue, a controversial discussion, a terrorism, a complex warfare involving two equal nations, religious extremism, social barbarism, or as Israel likes to refer to it as the Arab problem. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to simplify it for you. It is nothing but a cold-blooded murder of innocent people in the name of colonialism. When I first started, I thought to myself, it's only a matter of time before the United Nations gets involved, or perhaps the Human Rights Tribunal will hold Israel accountable and put an end to this genocide or at least identify the violation of human Palestinian people and call for a ceasefire. We have now reached five months of genocide and no international human rights commission or organization has gone anywhere near as far as confronting for the atrocities they are enacting. Shame. The ICJ is conceptual. Whilst we can appreciate their support, it is simply not good enough. This is not a debate. It is not a question of the end of the day. It is human life that we are talking about. The International Human Rights Declaration is a joke. If it puts one form of life above another, we are all equal and a compromise on your right to life and mine. And in fact, a concern for all people, and this is how we uphold our shared humanity and protect it from tyrants like Benjamin Netanyahu, Justin Trudeau, Anthony Albanese, Biden. Shame. But the Human Rights Declaration has come to show that it was created by a system of oppression for nobody but themselves and it is only applied when it that supports their own agenda. Let's put that aside for a second. I want you to close your eyes for a brief moment as we begin a visualization. Before we start, I welcome you to get comfortable, sit down. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold for three seconds and breathe out through your mouth. If you haven't done so already, close your eyes. You are a 28-year-old mother of three beautiful children. Zena, who is seven years old, Malak, that turns three in a couple of days, and Saleh, whom you still carry in your arms. Your relatives are either displaced in the shelter or potentially deceased, and you haven't been able to locate them since Israel cut off all the electricity in earlier year and your phones were no longer in use. 
your husband Walid has been missing for a week and you have been informed of his death this cold winter morning as his body parts once the rubble. There is no time to grieve. In a matter of three weeks, you have relocated from the north of Gaza to central Gaza to Deir al-Balah to Khan Yunus and now your situation has gotten expedient, has gotten harder without the support of your husband who would try his best to gather a few bites to eat for you and your children at the end of each day. You faintly hear the sound of your children laughing as they make their way back to the tent that you reside in, hoping to have something to eat after playing outside all day. So you boil unclean water to convince they will be eating something tonight. The sun has now set and it is dark in the tent. You caress your children to sleep, promising to wake them up when dinner is ready, hoping that they will sleep off their hunger after bear the words, we have no food. Your children ask about their father and you are not ready to give them the news. So you tell them he's helping out at the local hospital that a child of age would know doesn't exist anymore. You are no longer able to produce milk to breastfeed your baby who is five months old and you are beginning to lose hope. Where is the world? You think to yourself as you close your eyes and rest your head on the hard rubble near your children. Holding them close to you in case you are attacked, you die together. The sound of military planes buzzing and the hardness of the ground makes it impossible to sleep. But you really fade into a deep serenity. Ladies and gentlemen, you can open your eyes now. This is the average experience for many women and children in Gaza. Do we have to convince the world that Palestinian mothers are like any other mother in the world? Until when do we have to convince the world that Palestinian children are just like other children in this world? Until when do we have to convince the world that Palestinian men are not terrorists and do not deserve to be dehumanized? Enough is enough. Remember that when we march these streets, we do it wholeheartedly with full conviction that human life is worth preserving and people like the Walid family are worth fighting for. Raise your voice and allow this protest to channel your anger, disappointment and frustration. It's our government that continues to support the genocide till this day. On the 25th, of February 2024. Aaron Bushnell, a 25-year-old serviceman, States Air Force, died after setting himself on fire outside the front gate of the Embassy of Israel in Washington, D.C. Aaron Bushnell's protest against the complicity in genocide was not political but deep. Before you label this man mentally ill, let me tell you that mental illness in these times is being okay with over 30,000 people being massacred and starved to death.
29th of February 2024, the Flower Massacre, an incident where Palestinian civilians gathered near Al Rashid Street in northern Gaza, awaiting including flour so that they can make bread with their families, eat and survive another day. Instead of receiving aid, they were attacked head-on by the Israeli occupation forces. They openly and viciously desperate, starving, grieving civilians, resulting in 103 dead and 700 severely injured. Shame! 1st of March, 2024. It's a few days ago, by the way. A young Palestinian man was crushed by an Israeli tank four times. And each time I see the image on social media, my body immediately heaves. Instinctively, my to rid itself of the image and the knowledge of their reality. This is the brutality everyone in Gaza is enduring. What of the horror haven't we witnessed on social media? Yet Palestinian journalists state that Sid, the more horrific scenes from the world, as they were unable to lift their camera and take a shot of a scene that has left them completely shocked, frozen, and traumatized. 1st of March, 2004. Premature infants in Gaza take their last breath as their bodies shut down from malnutrition as a result of starvation. These innocent lives I just mentioned, they deserve our outcry. We have lost far too many precious lives as a direct result of Israel's actions. And so long as they continue their vicious acts of crime against humanity, we will not stop fighting for our humanity. Thank you. I think we need another moment after Hidayah as well. Um, your demonstration of strength and resilience is a testament to the women of Palestine, in Palestine and the diaspora. Thank you. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Palestine! Um, uh, so the next thing I am going to tell you is about the next rally on the 16th of March. Um, it, it will be later in the afternoon. It starts at 4.30 because instead of marching and uh, having a rally, what we will be doing is uh, having an iftar um, at Queen's Gardens and it starts at 4.30. We invite everyone, Muslim and non-Muslim, to fast for the day and to experience the not eating or drinking for 12 hours and then coming, joining us to break your fast at 6 p.m. Personally, I, my mother's from Silwan, which is a town in Jerusalem, in East Jerusalem. And her house, which was taken, um, is at the top of a valley in Silwan. And it's a beautiful house. I've been there and I've seen it. And um, you see the Dome of the Rock, the Al-Aqsa, from one of the windows. Um, and so as an ode to my and to the women and their ongoing resilience and fight against apartheid, I'll be making a Palestinian dish called maklube, which is what the Palestinian women make um, in Ramadan, and they flip them in al-Aqsa. 
Um, so, so please come and experience the beauty of Ramadan and the beauty of Palestinian culture. And we invite you to do that because you stand in solidarity with us. So thank you. And now I call on Phil Mansour. No, Rosa. Rosa will be making final announcements. Thank you, Ruba. Um, I'm just going to take the mic now so that I can give Ruba and all the Palestinian women, if we can make, make them to walk through us to the road, they're going to lead our march. So if I can get everyone to make a, a walkway down through King George Square, and I ask all the Palestinian women to walk with them, they're going to lead our march. And while the Palestinian women are assembling, I just want to remind you, next week, 9th of March, we're going to meet back here, uh, meet at Radcliffe Place at 10am. Because while our governments won't be the voice that we want for the Palestinian people, we will. We will light the, that bridge in our own colours for Palestine. And I urge you to bring your flags wear pallas if you don't have a flag come and join us on saturday at 10 a.m radcliffe place we're going to cover that bridge in red black white and green we have a, a bit of a new chant so um i'm just going to teach you this new chant from the river to the sea palestine will be free from the sea to the river Palestine will live together. So from the river to the sea. From the sea to the river. Thank you. From the river to the sea. From the sea river, Palestine will live forever. From the river to the sea. From the sea to the river. From the river to From the sea to the river. Free free Palestine. Free free Palestine. Free free Palestine. Free free Gaza. Siege under siege. Under siege under siege. 
Albanese, you can't hide. Albanese, you can't hide. Tell me wrong, you can't hide. Louder. Tell me wrong, you can't hide. Albanese, you can't hide. So we must not be tired. We must we must not forget and we must not forgive. We need to keep showing up. Next week we have our week of action. Wasn't planned to be a week of action one. So I need to remind you that on Wednesday these rallies are organized by people that come to our public meetings. Our events, such as the protests outside Ferro Engineering, are organised by people who come to our meetings. Our protest-side places like Jim Chalmers' office are organised by people that come to our public meetings. And we need you. We need to build this, we need to continue to connect, and we need to get stronger and stronger. So it's six o'clock at the Queensland Council Building, Wednesday the 6th of March. Turn up. For the unionists here, unionists for Palestine will meet on the 7th at the ETU building at 5.30 and join the incredible organizer putting as much pressure as they can on fairer engineering and the complicity of our Queensland politicians at 7.30 outside Queensland Parliament on Thursday. Have a look round and you'll notice that we had one in here. We continue to call out the complicity of the ABC. If you were to go, if you were to go to the ABC website yesterday, you would have to scroll for almost a kilometre to see the story about the massacre of ten of hundreds of people 
while they're starving to collect food. If you were to go there today, you would probably not find that article. We need to continue to call out the ABC complicity and stand beside Antoinette Latouf. And that's Friday the 8th of March. If you're not working 9.30am outside the ABC building, her case, I believe, comes up that day. But I want to put out a, a special call. People in this building, in the early days of the genocide, lit up the story bridge. They have the power to turn a switch and acknowledge. But what we have is people. And that's why we need with a flag. Everyone who has bought a flag in the last five months to meet us up, a, up the top there in Redcliffe Place next to the library and next to the casino. I stepped out that bridge. It's about 300 metres. need at least 150 people on each side. More would be better. We have our three giant flags that we will drape from that bridge. So we don't have... He's been asked, Lord Mayor Schreiner has been asked many times to acknowledge the Palestinian people by lighting the Story Bridge and he consistently refuses to do it. So we will do it ourselves. Victoria Bridge will be covered in the colours of the Palestinian flag. Meet at 10 o'clock. Bring anyone you know. If you don't have a flag, we'll find one for you. Meet anyone, bring anyone you can. Let's assemble in great numbers and cover that bridge for the Palestinian people. It's even a little... They've made it. The official policy of the Brisbane City Council that all Palestine-related graffiti or artwork is removed, is removed as a matter of priority before any other graffiti. They have three times now removed the flag from Boundary Street. So after we've lit that bridge in our own way with people, we're going to march from that, the end of that bridge all the way down into West End at the Boundary Street intersection of Vulture and Boundary at the Aboriginal flag. So join us for that march. And finally, I probably missed something. The community, the Palestinian community and the Muslim community have invited us, as Ruba said, to the rally, the Iftar rally on the 16th. They want, to, they want us to experience just for a day the hunger of millions in Gaza and to fast for that day and meet them It'll be Queen's Park, probably at about 4.30 on the 16th, and that's a Saturday. So we've been marched for a long time. That's a Saturday. Put that into your diary and join us. And if you can, live that experience, even if it's just for a day. And break fast, for, break fast with us in that park. To, we have built a strong community. We've built a powerful movement in this city. We have annoyed many politicians. We have annoyed many, annoyed many manufacturers. We are continuing to put pressure on people like the Brisbane City Council. We continue to come together for a free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. So put those dates in your calendar. Make, make, make those events if you can. And remember that we can't give up. We can't be tired. 
As I said, the situation moves into a criti critical period and it's not time for us to be weak-kneed and pretend that we can turn away. We need to continue to show up. Freedom for Palestine! Free, free, free Palestine! Freedom for Palestine! Free, free, free Palestine! See you in the meeting hall, see you, see you on the bridge. Till next time, free Palestine! <laughs>